Here we go, another episode of 12 Rows Back where we bring you footy from the fans' perspective. We are four weeks in. We've got three un- three undefeated teams or two? Yeah, three now. Still three. Three undefeated, just three undefeated. And we've got one winless team enjoying their time down at the bottom. I'm here with Tom. Tell me, how are you, Tom? Big week for the Saints. It, it was. We were staring down the barrel in that uh, third quarter and then... Just a spark, and our season's back on track. It just takes a good quarter and a half of footy, and, and that's it. Uh, I, I'm watched that many replays of uh, Saturday's game, just just taking it all in. One of one of the great uh, footy comebacks. Uh, great great story. I mentioned last week, you know, we'd lost a bit of trust in a few of those uh, trust tickets. Well, I think we bought a few back. Uh, sitting a bit more comfortable with the boys this week, obviously. Um, yeah, they're the kind of wins that you remember. But uh, we've got to go on with it. And uh, here we are coming into round five. with a, th- As we say, we learn a lot each week, but, geez, you'd rather be 3-2 than 2-3 at this point of the year. And That's it. That's I'm it. keen to know how you were at three-quarter time. Your young boys showed a bit oh. of promise there, got their tails in front, pun intended. Yep. No, well, I'm happy to tell you, before we get there, what was the vibe like when the siren went in the ground, like, how did it feel? Uh, I had a prior engagement, so couldn't make it along, but I could tell you in the... You, you, uh, didn't, you didn't get there. Home game at Marvel. Just, Saturday twilight. You couldn't make it. Fair just, enough. I know there were some fans that drove four hours to uh, to get there and power to them. I hope they enjoyed every minute of what they saw. But um, yeah, just, just a prior engagement. Uh, it happens to all of us. Did watch it in the living room of where I was and... Almost kicked out then with the celebration there, but uh, you could. We had it on loop all night, so don't worry. I, I saw it from all angles. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll be back. I'll be there tomorrow. Just a just a prior engagement, as a, a good friend of ours says. Anyway, steering back from a famous famous win. Uh, your Roo boys three quarter time. How were you? I, I've heard you. Were, there was a little bit of a chest out at that point. Yep. So you've made that up, but that's all right. Uh, look. Hey, we were in front at three-quarter time, and we'd outplayed the Crows for two and a bit quarters. Uh, second quarter, we couldn't put the score on the board. Third quarter, we got our noses in front, did everything right, but the fact we had two injuries out in the first 10 minutes of the game in McDonald and... Yeah, Zerha. Zerha, who... Just know that because I uh, Luke McDonald in my uh, super coach team. Three look, points are the best. McDonald, a big loss. I think Zerha, we played better without him, to be honest. And the biggest issue was lack of rotations. We'd use our sub. We were down a rotation player anyway with his second injury. Uh, and we just, we ran out of legs and the Crows put eight goals on us pretty quickly. So uh, a bit disappointing. I did, oh, look, I believe we could win at three-quarter time. Um, I was concerned about the rotations and we just fizzled right out. So that's all right. That's a young side. Um, yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm thinking I should have gone with my original Saints notes. I was short and sharp. That was a nice little analysis. How, how long have we got? I, I could get back into talking about the Saints, but there's plenty to talk about with the round just on our doorstep, so I can hold and filter it throughout the uh, show for the Saints listeners out there. It's also a different perspective as mine was from Marvel versus yours <laughs> being from home where all the fans can see the, see the games at home. Uh you got to get there, Tom. Uh, you miss one game and I will pile in if that's the standard you want to set. Nah, fair call, fair call. Hey, Famous win. You had to be there. Hey, at the rate we're going, the last time either of us has seen our team win live, it's going back to 2019. Correct. So, 
Yeah, no, uh, that, that is fair. It, do you count pracky games at Moorabbin? Um, nah, no. To, to move into the uh, the agenda for this week. So, little, little. Uh, I guess this is an update pretty recently as of a couple of hours ago about a, a talk about a pre-finals buy. Uh, could you fill us in about that one, Seb? I I'm, want to get the latest. Well... I, uh, there was a story done, and, and I think the coaches are all in favour of having a pre, the defi- pre-finals by moved to the before the grand final. So I think it's partly anyone who is under the effects of concussion from the prelim can sit out the twelve days without missing the game. Uh, and I think a lot of the coaches were for it. Um, obviously, uh, the AFL wouldn't have the. T- pre-finals by and then the pre-grand final by. Uh, but now everyone's talking about maybe it's a good idea, maybe it's not, what are we doing? Um, obviously, it's copying the American style, but let's take it back. We discussed this at length last year, and I've, I've been a big push for, instead of having it before the finals, have it before this game, A, to get your players healthy for the biggest game, B, use that weekend to show off your state leagues, have your awards, um eventually tie in your AFLW Grand Final and have that centre stage on its sort of own platform, potentially on the Friday night or Saturday afternoon. Uh, there's so much you can do with the weekend rather than this pre-finals buy that it, it, it hurts the teams that finish top two, especially if they go on to win the qualifying final because then they have a play the last round, have a buy, play their final, have a buy, then they've got to go into a prelim and it's too discontinued for mine. Uh, so... I think if you have the pre-grand final by both teams are coming off more or less the same run-up, and that's a much better way to do it. Yeah, look, take that all on board. I, I fully agree with, the, I guess, the concussion in particular when you're talking about injuries and the freshening up. I mean, yeah, you are right. We did talk about this at length last year because we just hate the pre-finals by because it hasn't been handled correctly. Now, I think there is more that you can put into a pre-grand final week, yeah, given you could have all your awards and, you know, yeah, state games and whatnot, but uh, call me a traditionalist, call me stubborn, but I just hate the week off at any time of the finals. The beauty of the finals that I've grown up with and into my uh, years now is just the momentum that the season builds. It ends, eight to ten teams pack it in, it's about the better teams being there, and it's four weeks of just intense building and football loving at that point. And any week off, it just dilutes the product to me. I know you mentioned the American game. I can't stand the week before the Super Bowl. It just it just delays it. it. It pushes it back as a little bit of an afterthought because it's not front of mind. People have a week, you know, week off. I know in this modern times, people tune out a little. I mean, there's that factor as well. Um, yeah, obviously understanding of the injury concerns and getting the best players out on the park, but it's it's a... September's a, a month of, of momentum and, and building to this one day. So I I feel like it takes away from it. Maybe I need to see it done properly. As you said, there's plenty of ways to do it. But look, I'm in the camp that says scrap it. So you offer no buy at all? No pre-finals, no, no. pre-grand final? Just, just round 23, go into it, and the only buyers are your qualifying final winners? Correct. Yeah, I, I'd rather that than the pre-finals buy. It, it was... It was a hasty decision brought in because one team rested all their players in the round 23 because it didn't have an impact on their finals bearing. Clubs are going to do that anyway. Clubs are resting players through the year. Lance Franklin played one game 
in the past yeah. 18 months and then they rested him for crying out loud. So Exactly. And like, if, if you were sixth and you couldn't move from sixth, you're going to play the team that's in seventh. You might as well rest your players because you can. You know, it, it just depends on the quirks of the season. It's got no idea, no sort of, uh, sorry, the buy doesn't affect that in the slightest. And yeah, I mean, yeah, you get to that point of the year and everyone's hungry for this A-grade quality of our great game in finals and it just slows it up. So, yeah, call me a traditionalist or uh, stubborn, but uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, staying in the against camp, I reckon. What if they keep the pre-finals by and throw in the wild card weekend with seven playing 10th and eight playing ninth for those last two spots? To me, that's marginally better because we're still getting footy. Now, call 7th v 10th finals footy, if you will. Um, but I, I look, I would rather see that. At least there's there's something. I, I guess, you know, even going, this is going back to the early 2000s. Do you remember those split rounds where it was eight games one week, one the next? I'd take that over a blank week. So <laughs> I just think, you know, we're, we're in season. We're conditioned for games, you know, week to week. I don't even really enjoy when your team has a buy-in season. I know I'm probably being harsh on the players with that. I just think footy season's on and it's it's the marathon. It's the 26 weeks and we just see them play week out, uh, sorry, week to week. So maybe I've put a fair flag in the ground on that one. But um, yeah, just just big, just based on my experiences with the pre-finals buy and yeah, like the American sport. So, well, this is what you would have gotten last year. You would have gotten the dogs playing the Giants. There's a real rivalry going on there, and you would have got Melbourne playing Collingwood all to get those last two spots in the eight. Look, not. Was it that would that have been better than no games? Absolutely. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You wouldn't have got the famous Collingwood win where they all galvanised together to beat West Coast and then, you know, well, shut maybe... the bed the following week. That was yeah. uh, that was funny. <laughs> Might have got us Gordon. to that a bit earlier. Uh, and just going back twenty nineteen, you would have got the Dogs playing Port seventh versus tenth, and you would have got Essendon playing Hawthorne eighth versus ninth. Now there's a game. There with is a little a game. bit of heat. Yeah, see, so I don't mind. It, we're looking at, yeah, th- those teams, I guess, in the middle rung are either, yeah, they've been pretty stiff to miss finals or they made a run late or there's always a narrative around those teams. So, look, that wild card round is a better introduction than nothing to me. So, yeah, I don't think they're going to do it and I don't like the idea of doing it because then you've got your top 10 effectively. Effectively, it's a final because you're playing an extra game. So, it's called a wild card, again, borrowing from the, the American system, but. Like, everyone plays the 23 rounds and then 7th through 10th play a game. That's, the fi- if it's not a final, what is it? It's a extra game, round robin, what is it? So, um, I just don't like having, you can finish 10th, like, of an 18-team comp and get through to the finals. Like, that's... No, I'm with you on that. Because it. that's below average, really. Like, the law of the land is, you know, the, the top half, well, the middle... Ninth is average, so tenths below average. So I'm with you there. I mean, I hate to hear if a team has a famous win from tenth, and then I'm guessing that following week uh, they'd end up playing the team that finished sixth and absolutely being pants on a level we haven't seen. So look, there's all those considerations, but look, I, I'd take it over a blank week. I, I'm still standing by that. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what they do. I just, I just found it interesting. Suddenly the media's gotten onto this and. Like we talked about it last year. Yeah, like, we we I mean we broke the uh, crowds uh, crowd caps earlier this year. We just 
sniffing out these AFL stories. Yeah. And if you've got any, send them through, 12rosebacker at gmail.com. Find us mm-hmm. on Instagram. Speaking of September, who's your premiership favourite right now? Month into the season, who... who in fact, who's your grand final matchup? I'll give you two options there. Whoa, that's early a tough stage, one. but a month a month of games in. Um, I know I was looking at some stats about teams that have gone four and zip over the last sort of ten years, and most of them make finals, and most of them go deep. So, just a little something to think about there. That's why uh, Simon will be in trouble when they miss the finals. <laughs> uh, I look. I think the Dogs are the clear cut premiership favourites. I think you have to have them head and shoulders above the rest with how they're going. Uh, my biggest query would be they're flying right now, and I don't need to tell you. Like, there's no good being flying through April, May, June, July. Correct. The amount of flags the Saints would have won in those months is astronomical. dare I say, in the oh, yeah. competition's history. Uh, we, we, we don't get to see that, though, because they are one in September. Um, so, yeah... I'm with you though. The dogs, they, they look like they've got the balance right up for. Yep, yep. And I think you have to have Richmond as the other team. I have Richmond sitting there only because their form's been pretty good. They went to Port, lost by less than a kick. And uh, you just know they've got the experience to sort of handle themselves. Uh, it's pretty common for Richmond to not be flying on all cylinders at this part of the year. But. Uh, of the others, look, Port, questionable loss to West Coast over there. Geelong, very up and down, easily a kick from being very close to losing both of the last two games. Uh, Melbourne, I don't rate clearly. And uh, Sydney, you're expecting the drop-off in form, even though so far they've played out pretty well. Uh, and that just about takes you through most of the top eight. So I'd be saying dogs Richmond, but I feel like Port are going to put it together and be right there when the whips are cracking too. Yeah, more than happy to agree with you there. I think Richmond and, yeah, the dogs in particular, looking the goods now. Yeah, Richmond, as we know, they'll, they'll straighten up. Interesting, though, about Port Adelaide and West Coast, just where they finish. I feel like if either of one of those sides can sneak a, a top two spot, get a couple of home finals particularly if West Coast do that, I can really see them going deep. Um, but yeah, and, and then there's Brisbane. I mean, Brisbane too far back for these calculations. We're talking yep. grand final calculations. So you put the line through Brisbane. Um, yep. Yeah, so I mean, we're, we're at round four and it's almost at the point where the line's through a fair portion of the comp based on this. But look, it, it could be one of those years. I mean, no one was probably expecting maybe the dogs, but Certainly not the D's and the Swans to be four and zip. So there's still a few twists left. Yeah, I'm with you, though. I personally like uh, Richmond and the Dogs. It's just the Dogs have shown in previous years that they are prone to a lull here and there in season. So it'll just be interesting to see if and when that happens. I know last year it was sort of earlier in the year and they they really put it together. I'm pretty sure the year before that it was a really good quality run late before the Giants steamrolled them. Um, So, look, they're, they're prone to it. Maybe they've turned the corner, uh, particularly with their midfield flying. Uh, let's wait and see. This will be one we come back to, obviously, throughout the year. But uh, with a month in, it's always good to just, just peek ahead. Very much so. And it's interesting you pointed out if one of those uh, interstate teams, as in non-Victorian teams, can sneak a top two and get a couple of home finals. Like the way you describe it as though, well, Richmond just have to get to the grand final and that's at home. So it doesn't matter for them. 
Yeah, it, well, I mean, the home ground advantage is is larger for the interstate teams. In my except books. when it comes to the grand final, no matter where you finished, you got to fly to Melbourne. Correct. Do we need to just mark this as Seb's WA segment, or are we? No, I'm with you. You put a good article actually on our Twitter page about the comp and, and the spread of marquee games, and yeah, this steers right back into that. Um, hey, it, we got a West Coast Friday night game this week. Yeah, that correct. is incredibly rare. Like Rarely it's six ten, so all those people in Perth have to get out of work and go flying to the stadium. No time to go home and pick up the kids. But a Friday night game in Perth, very rare. Yeah, no, they are very rare. No, I love the national look. I, 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 I we cover it every week, and I, I don't. I'm not sick of it because I'm with you. It, it is a, an unfair advantage. I mean, yeah, if you last year with the the quirk that it was a, a Brisbane grand final, I mean, it was all can Brizzy make it? They've got all the the running. I mean, it changed our outlook on the competition. So I would love, I guess, as much as I love the G to consider Seb. If the grand final was, say, it was at Adelaide or West um, over in Perth this year, how that would be affecting our calculations? Yeah, I. Look, I mean, I you, think... you probably don't have a Richmond Dogs if it's over in WA. Uh, well, you know, it doesn't one, necessarily affect where it's. The teams getting there doesn't matter based upon where it's played. Uh, but no, I, I would say, it potentially changes it. But look, we're just. It's the VFL masquerading as the AFL. Oh, I could go on all day. The v- they were broke when they brought in West Coast. The VFL was broke and they had to expand to Perth to get money to prop the comp up. And now they just second-class citizens over there. But Have that's you been right. on the phone to your cousin Patrick this week? He might be licking his wounds after coming over to Marvel and, and seeing that last quarter in particular. Has he gotten in your ear? Because... That's a very Western Australian view there about propping up the comp. That's I, I don't I'm not arguing with it's correct, but uh, definitely something our WA listeners will be. No, uh, well, he enjoying. was very bullish, very bullish on the way down, and I haven't heard from him since. So, <laughs> uh, not the outcome he expected, but uh, look, a lot to play out in terms of uh, season 2021. Uh, look. A team can put it all together and start flying up the ladder, Tom. So I wouldn't write the Saints off. If you Correct. get things going, you win three, four, five in a row, uh, you'll be up and about. And, and look, I think the last few years have proved it more than ever. Um, if you look back, probably from 2016 with the Dogs, if you can just get your team right at the right time of year, you can do some damage in September. I mean, the Giants got through to the grand final from, I think, sixth. Yeah, sixth, yeah. Uh, Obviously, the dogs won it from seventh. Uh, both both Richmond and Geelong last year had to win semi-finals to get through to prelims. So there's no reason why you can't just get yourselves, play yourselves into a bit of form, and get yourself there when the whips are cracking. Absolutely, and one thing that doesn't go astray when we're talking about getting yourself right at the right time of year is a good ruckman. So. I don't, it's not a Tom takes aim, it's more of a, well, I am taking aim, but in a positive light, I am absolutely loving the form of the ruckman of the competition at the moment, particularly last round. So there's there's just narratives to follow all over the place. So you've got big Brody Grundy winning taps galore, but it's not really going anywhere, and his around-the-ground ga- around game is suffering. Maxi Gorn's flying, he's probably number one ruck in the comp. Big Rowan Marshall... Yes, his tap work might not be as good as a Gorn or Nick Nat, but he really just had a huge around-the-ground impact that probably got the Saints over the line last week if you watch the tape. 
The Dogs have got their duo flying. Big Timmy English probably had the one of the games of his life last week, and big Steph Martin can just chop in for him. He's flying. Big Riley O'Brien, he, he had a few contested grabs against your boys, and even Tom Hickey's reinvented himself. So hats off to the Ruckman of the comp. They, I, I know I'm biased to them as a, as a former Ruckman, uh, but really enjoying the work of our, our, our tools and just the stories we're getting from that because they are crucial to our game, and I know they get potted as, as sort of that dinosaur lumberer uh, tag, but I really think it, they're exciting and dynamic at the moment. And I know the key forwards are flying, but I just had to give some kudos to the uh, Ruckman in our competition because, yeah, enjoying their work. Did you mention Nick Nanui? Could have. I was a. Uh, he was Could on have. my list. I only oh, did him because Perth. he probably he... forgot about him. <laughs> no, no. Well, all right. I'll add a couple of Perth boys. Nick Nat obviously flying. Lowered his colours slightly in that the. Eagles didn't get the win, but big Sean Darcy had one of the great games on uh, Sunday night, so he's another one filling Sandy's enormously large shoes over there. So, look, there's, I mean, yeah, name name your club, name your ruck story. It is a great time for AFL ruckman at the moment. Yeah, look, there's a lot of talk about them and, and just the level of impact they do have. Um, obviously, Grundy had that great statistical game against the Lions, but the Collingwood midfield couldn't capitalise on it. And I don't know if it was a lack of innovation and thinking from the midfield group, including Grundy, if it was a lack of leg speed, because they've lost a lot of that, or if just Grundy's impact is just absolutely not at all in the ruck and set of bounces, it's just around the ground as being that fourth on baller in a traditional sense. So I'm, I'm not sure on that. Um, I think Max Gorn's had a lot of success and... Um, dropping back into the hole and that's much more where he's suited so that kick behind the play read the read the play go up grab the ball I think he's averaging hold on I've got it up here I've done I've done my work here Tom he's averaging six marks a game which is not too shabby yeah but good, um, good for a ruckman so he's getting himself around the ground uh, kick three goals Maxi. so um Obviously, that like that's a, one of the biggest things about Tim English has been able to slot in as that he's almost fifth playing fifty fifty forward and in the ruck, and the fact he's able to get on the hit the scoreboard and kick some goals, albeit in games where they've been relatively in control. Like wait wait till he does that when they play Geelong or yeah Richmond or, Richmond or, or one of the real yeah. teams. Uh, but. You know, so far so good, and and obviously the pick is Stephen Martin. That that's really flown under the radar. Um, Brisbane would have been sorry to lose him. Probably didn't think it was worthwhile keeping him, but now Big O going down. I know he played on the weekend, but yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they'd be loving to have a Steph Martin uh, in the shed. Yeah, and and Big Tommy Hickey. I, I I think he is four four clubs games at four clubs. A real journeyman, and he he's. He's just playing. He's keeping Cal Sinclair out at the Swans. So, I mean, he even he's turned it around. I know uh, some Bombers fans will be yelling at us to mention that non-free kick, but it didn't matter. The Swans got the job done, and he was crucial to it. So, uh, he's also reinvented himself. Yeah, and he's um, four states, Tom. Yeah, yeah. That, the true, the true national man. I'll give it to him. Now, speaking of that Sydney and Essendon clash, let, let's get into our uh, university grades. Uh, for the last oh, yes. for the for the last week, some uh, some interesting ones to consider. I know now I'm watching these games, thinking, "What grade am I going to give? What what's fair? What's not?" So, Sydney and Essendon just last Thursday. If you can cast your mind back, Th- thrilling game. Bombers 
overperformed for mine. I, I didn't think they'd get anywhere near it. I was thinking Sydney are in that good a form. Could I give the Bombers a distinction? Uh, I think I'll give them a, a... No, I'll give them a distinction, actually, for that performance. I'm, I'm happy to do that. They turned up into state against a team that was absolutely flying, had their best forward back in, Buddy. And look, apart from a bit of, uh, you know, unpolished play and, and sort of, you know, that that Luke Parker inside influence uh, getting a bit away from them, they were unbelievable. They, they shocked me. And yeah, they're, they're young players are really going to be ones to watch. So I'm happy to sit on a distinction for the, for the Bombers. Sydney, a pass for me. Um, got the job done, gritted their teeth. These are the kind of wins that are great for a young group. Um, but, you know, they, they just have... I guess that that's the beauty. They've got the kids, but they've also got those older players. I mentioned Luke Parker and Big Buddy taking a contested mark, rarely seen. Um, just getting them over the line. And our, our mate, Joshy Kennedy, as well in there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the Swans go from here, losing Rampy and Heaney out of that one. But, uh, yeah, they're a pass for me from that game. Yeah, I was I was on the fence on this because I didn't expect Essendon to win, but I did want to see them come out with some fight and some passion because often with those young sides, they come out and they play their butts off and they have a really, really, really good good win. And then they come out next week and they're flat as all flat as attack. I think is the expression. Yeah, and uh, that that's really disappointing. But they didn't do that. They came out. They fought, and I'm not sure if. Like, I'm really on the fence about a distinction or a pass here, Tom. Like, I'd love to stay on the fence and maybe give them a credit. <laughs> no. Invent one that's in between, but we can't do that, even though we make up the rules here. Uh, I'll give them a pass because they backed it up with some effort, but they didn't do enough to get the win, which is ultimately what they were aiming for. So maybe I'm harsh, but... Uh, Look, maybe if their supporters spent more time worrying about what their team can do and not the umpires, yeah, that would I'd help, consider bumping that up. Sydney a pass. They got the job done. They weathered the storm. Really professional outfit. Uh, pass didn't do anything spectacular, but look to sit four and four and zero oh at this point of the year. You can't ask for a better start. Over to the Friday game, Port Adelaide and Richmond. I am um, look. Interesting game. I mean, another another thriller, another great contest. Port Adelaide, Irene, they really could have just taken this game away from the Tigers, but some inaccuracy in that second quarter cost them. Judging just on the, the Twitter feed and various messaging feeds that I'm in, Zach Butters has arrived. He was everywhere on Friday until he got injured, and there's a lot of love for him in the room, and I could fully see why. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, a few of these threads I was on, were, they were going back into the history history books to look at the draft night and see how he slipped down to number 12. Uh, he was awesome. Dersma, he was also awesome until he got injured. Thank goodness he didn't cop a uh, ACL. Um, so, look, I'm happy to give the power a distinction. I know on their home deck, but given that adversity and, and you know, the fact that it was Richmond, they had to respond as well after the week over in Perth. I'm, I'm in a good mood. I'm happy to give them a distinction. And Richmond, look, they, they gave it their all. Hostile turf just a kick away from winning it. I mean, a bit of polish and maybe if they got a lucky free for that deliberate make of it what you will from Robbie Gray, which was there. Uh, when I say there, was was sorry, not there. It was correctly adjudicated in my eyes. Um, but, you know, that that's the small margins and they got it in last year's prelim. They didn't get it on uh, on Friday, but I'm, I'm happy to give uh, the Tigers a pass for that effort. 
Yeah, I, I think it's a double pass, and that's purely on the fact that we expected a good game. Uh, both teams sort of lived up to their end of the deal. Nice tight contest. Port got the four points, but when it's under a kick, it can easily go either way. There are so many little moments. Uh, so I'd give them both a pass. Nothing nothing really stood out to me. You know, last time they played in the prelim, it was within a kick. Uh, they're meeting in the regular season. I think the power blitzed them. So that would have got them a distinction. But just getting the win at home, Port, no, nah, got to do more than that. For a better for a better university grade, yeah, no. <laughs> no, like cool. still great to beat Richmond and, and keep your season, you know, keep your momentum going. It's not not a harsh criticism, but in terms of these rankings, that's just a pass. Yeah, so uh, then over Ballarat, Ballarat. Mar- is it still Mars? Yeah, it's still Mars. Yeah, oh, still- geez, it's cold, cold and windy, genuine gale down there. You don't see that too much. Uh, Doggies taking on the Lions. The Lions being stuck in who would have guessed it, Victoria for three weeks. Uh, I I would give the dogs a pass and the lions a pass again. Everyone's passing this week. Uh, the dogs played well, managed to get the win. Uh, they were in control most of the day. Uh, beat a Brisbane Lions team that's had to, instead of playing at home, had to revert their game against Collingwood back down here. Uh, stay down here for a couple of weeks, you know, no surprises having to head down to, you know, cold Ballarat. They were just not quite all over at Brisbane, uh, but they still performed and worked hard. I've de- look, I debated giving Brisbane a fail because look, here we are, they're one and three. That's not where we expected, but in terms of once you got to that point of the se- of their effectively road trip, their effort was, I guess, acceptable in terms of where they're at and the fact the dogs are flying. Yeah, look, that that's fair. I mean, you, you could have put a DVD of any of the Ballarat games between the dogs and the Lions in because it's just a carbon copy every time we go down there. The dogs just play better footy, win by three to five goals every time. Lions threaten at stages but never look like they're going to run over. It was a carbon copy of that in cold conditions up in Ballarat. Um Look, the dogs discovered the best outcome for their Tim Martin. Uh, sorry, not Tim Martin. That's his brother, Steph Martin, who I work with in optometry. Uh, Steph Martin and uh, Tim English. I mean, they really got the English kicking goals part of that right, given that he kicked three. Um, so they they would have liked seeing that. Um, Joshy Bruce not as prolific on the scoreboard this week. Um, I'm, I'm happy. I mean, the dogs just did what they had to do. They're just doing that at the moment. They're a pass for me. I'm harsher. I'm giving the Lions a fail. I think we're talking about grand finals before and at the start of the year, you know, the Lions were in that discussion. Well, you know, they just beat Collingwood who aren't flying themselves. And this was their time to make a statement, you know, take a scalp, uh, dogs on their home deck. I know they've been in Victoria, but I thought that might acclimatise them and, and bond them a bit. I was disappointed in them, so they're a fail for me. So you expected them to win? Well, I expected them to do better than they did, so... Oh, look, goals. I expected them to win, but Two I mean, yeah, I know it was it was close-ish, but I mean, yeah, look, yeah, but I I did expect them to win. I think, yeah, or at least be pipped in a thriller. So I just felt like they weren't in it all day. So they're a fail for me. Yep, no, that's that's fair. The, the, your grades. Uh, everyone wants to know. Everyone wants to know the grades here, Tom. I'll let you 
Do you want to kick this one off? The uh, Twilight Clash at Marvel? Yeah, the, the Clash of the Round, the headline grabber, the game of the round. Call it whatever you want. It was fantastic. Um, yeah, to, to my boys, the Saints, great to see uh, Dan Butler. He's a real barometer for us, I'm feeling, as... Uh, as his tenure at our club continues, when when he sparked in that third quarter and kicked uh, two goals there, he, he brought the boys with him and, and he really celebrated with them, something we haven't mentioned much this year, celebrated with them and brought them along. Uh, our pressure was up, our disposal efficiency was up, our quick hands were up. It, it was, yeah, we legit just flicked a switch. I know last week we, we analysed uh, how we went against the Bombers, but it, it it's just amazing to see when the confidence is down what happens. But on this was the reverse. We saw the confidence up. Um, Jack Steele goes to another level. Rowan Marshall, great to have him back. Dan McKenzie, he, he's not really a heralded name. Some might call him poor man's Jaron Geary. Make of that what you will. He had his best game of his career. And speaking of career best what's games... The, um, what's the grade you're giving? Uh, hold on. Just let me get this one out. Max King kick five. <laughs> he arrived. No, good on you, Maxi. Five of the best. Uh, my grade is a high distinction for the St Kilda Football Club. Uh, on the other side, uh, I've got to give the Eagles a fail. They had us on toast. Their season on track. Everything was tracking well. I mean, you know, they could have given up a goal or two and... and you know, just gone into three-quarter time with sort of a 20-ish point lead. They gave us more than a sniff, and you even thought, was this just a little burst in the third? But, uh, yeah, they were disappointing the Eagles just to concede the last eight, um, and really they felt the pressure, and their coach admitted it, so it's a fail for me. Yeah, you'd have to give the Eagles a fail, uh, given how well they handled Port the week before. Coming across, you expected them... Look, you expect them to be in the top four hunting for that flag and they should be taking care of business uh, to a much higher degree against a team like St Kilda who are on the rise, but the, the jury's still out, I guess you would say. Uh, to the Saints, I don't quite have the comprehensive run-through you did, but uh, I'd give a distinction. The effort was there, but managing to come back and... and what was it from time on in the third quarter to the end of the game? Eight unanswered goals. That is that's the stuff that could really push your season along and, and turn it around and, and turn it into a real positive one. Uh couldn't give a high distinction because I like the first half, if you watch that, there was no chance the Saints could win. So you gotta put it together for four quarters, Tom. <laughs> yeah, they're they're your ratings as you say. Uh up to the game that made it onto channel seven instead of the Collingwood Giants game, we've got uh, the Gold Coast versus Carlton. So I don't reckon Channel Seven wanted to really air either of these games if yeah, I'm being they honest. Were uh, were rubbish, they? weren't they? Yeah, not not great options. Uh um, Gold Coast and Carlton. Look I still don't know what to make of this. Like where are these two teams at? I, yeah, what, I'm what with you. We, we didn't learn anything from really yeah. either. I mean, they they both gave a good effort. They both made a good account of themselves. Maybe the Suns on their home deck, you could knock them for that. I mean, Carlton travelling, you could give them a rise for that. But I, I think it's just a pass for both teams. They just did what they had to do. Maybe the Blues is a higher pass than the, the Suns. But uh, I, I think... Yeah, I mean, they, they're continuing on. I mean, Ed Kerner, he he was a standout for the Blues. Whether that's a good thing for them, I'm not sure. Um, the jury, the jury's still out. So they needed to get a win and they got it. So it's a pass for me. And I'm actually rethinking my sons. I'm thinking on their home deck that, you know, we were talking about their form last week. It hasn't, it has been good. So uh, 
They miss Jared Witts, don't they? Yeah, that, I mean, that's one player, one, but yeah, Mark Pittnett's had 56 hit outs. Yeah, Mark Pittnett. Yeah. <laughs> oh, former old Zav, but uh, yeah, he he had a day out, didn't he? That, that was a worry for the Sun. So, look, I guess you can't have expected anything different than what we saw. So, two passes for me. Yeah, I'd, I'd tend to agree. Um, look, the effort was there from Gold Coast. They just didn't quite have enough. And. and Carlton were in front the whole last quarter, often by just under a kick, but there was just never any way for Gold Coast to really break through and, and and get in front, and they needed to do that. So, look, maybe maybe it was also the quality of the game and the dewy conditions up there at Metricon just sort of turned you off to just either team playing really well. I, I don't know. It was just it was a funny old game, that. Yeah, you, look, we Blues fans, ring and email in. We want to know what you thought because I guess apart from the Blues fans, it really wasn't one for the sport, to be honest. I mean, uh, it it was just the game. It just happened and, yeah, look, the, yeah. there's not a whole lot to say about it, to be honest. And, and, look, I mean, the other game on Saturday night, Collingwood GWS, which we're covering now, could have gone down that road. It could have been, as I predicted, a bit of a low scoring slog I mean it, it wasn't in the end but the surprise result was the uh, form of the Giants who notched uh, their first win for the year yeah great to see that wasn't it great yeah. to see the Giants they were sort of down and out a little bit everyone's talking them down and they come out and just really professionally and uh, I guess behind the leadership of Toby Green really take care yeah. of business uh, it was just a great win all around for the Giants I um yeah, I, Collingwood are—they're a basket case at the moment. <laughs> but no, they—they they, they definitely are. I mean, yeah, we talked before about confidence levels. They just haven't shown any sort of spark this year, and yeah, just first gamers and and Jack Madsen on a wing. I mean, they, I mean, yeah, there's not a whole lot on the table there for the Pies, and and they would have gone in expecting a win against a, a Giants team that was very flat, but now. The Giants are almost a bogey team for them. They keep beating them in uh, in games at the G and games really anywhere. So I think the Giants have won three games or four games at the G and three of them have been against Collingwood. Yeah, building like, a bit unbelievable. of a bogey side there. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Seba. I love seeing Toby Green rip this one to shreds. Also like seeing Josh Kelly back. I mean, he he was back to yeah. his streaming best. And a, and a young kid called Lockie Ash, which... I'm not guessing many people know, but he, he showed something. Number seven for the Giants there, just really all over the park, particularly but off half back. But he also went forward and, and had some really nice inside 50 play. Here. He's one to watch. So, I mean, if you come to the G, unearth a bit of talent, get your first win on the board, beat a reasonably sized Victorian club, you've got to take that. I'm toeing the line between D and HD. I'll give them a D just because of the opposition they beat, but it was a great performance from the Giants, and I think the Pies are off to the coordinator for me. Ooh! Back to the court... Back? No, I don't think they've been there yet, but to the coordinator. Yeah, that's not not great. I'm uh, very similar. Distinction for the Giants to come down and do that backs against the wall. Really good performance, because uh, we didn't really know what to make of Collingwood. They did have... They beat Carlton, but relatively convincingly. Uh, lost to Brisbane after the siren, which could have gone either way. And obviously, got they didn't get towed up by the Dogs, but the Dogs had that game well and truly in control the whole game. Uh, I'm giving Collingwood a fail, but 
they'd really want to sharpen up before I'm sending them to to the coordinator. We've got to, we got we we'll have to go th- back through our uh, our school yearbooks to find a name for the coordinator. Yeah, yeah, we might do. That's that is a quality idea. I reckon we'll uh, we'll maybe at the end of the year we might see actually we'll tally up these and see which clubs uh, ventured there the most troublesome student. Uh, the game on Sunday, opening game on Sunday, your boys versus the Crows. Take it from here, Seb. Uh, it's just a double pass. North Melbourne did come out, give some effort, showed what we could do for sort of two and a half quarters. Uh, you could almost fail us for the way we finished off eight goals to none in the last quarter, but look, I'm not going to call it bias. That's fine. Uh, Adelaide, you give a pass. Anytime you come over and win a game on the road for a young team like Adelaide is, is really good. Uh, but when it's against the struggling North Melbourne, you probably can't give a distinction unless you really turn it up. And, and look, throw, throw in the rotations. I'm sure there would have been a bit more fight and maybe not a different result, but definitely a different, different last quarter. Uh, so double pass for me, Tom. Yeah, fair rankings there, mate. Uh, I was very, very close to giving your boys a ruse, a distinction, but just couldn't, just based on the volume of goals in that last quarter. I think, you know, the, the polish, I mean, the the performance was there. To be up at three-quarter time was huge. You kind of want to, you know, leave that one if you're going to lose by maybe a couple of kicks, uh, but sort of eight goals. I mean, if you hadn't seen any of the game, you would have thought, oh, Adelaide did it with ease, and you don't even really take in that awesome three-quarter time lead. So, now nah, pass there. And, yeah, the Crows, they just did what they had to do. They're just winning games at the moment, which you can't knock them for. You know, a pass was a win. They came down and had a win and, you know, uncovered Lockie Scholl. What a game. He, I think he was the rising star this week. He just had a game and, and it's just great to see Tex back, continuing what he's doing. But, yeah, they're, they're just introduced kids, the Crows, and they're, and they're performing. Later on that day... Melbourne and the Cats played at the MCG. Now, I'm, this is one I found tough to rate from a Demons point of view because I guess I'm worried about where Geelong's at. So, I guess coming in, I, I'm, I'm giving the Ds a HD for that. You can't say... Whoa. Yeah, I've gone big. I mean, this was the statement game they had to have against a quality opponent at the time coming into the game. You know, they, they weathered a storm late. Isaac Smith with a couple of late ones in that third quarter. But they just looked on top all day. You just knew they had the answers. They lost big Steve May with a shocking eye socket injury. And Jake Lever just became a goalkeeper quarterback. Call him whatever you want from whatever sport. He just stopped goals coming down there. Um, Petrucca just keeps on getting better. He keeps making us Saints fans wish we had him at number one. Um, Maxi Gorn doing what he does. Clayton Oliver do, doing what he does. I mean... Tommy McDonald's spot on the side's up for question. They're going that well, given they've got uh, Weed and Brown to come back. So everything's looking rosy. I mean, they, yeah, they've introduced Cosie Pickett. They're getting great results out of James Jordan, Alex Neil Bullen, Jaden Hunt. Names that would have been whipping boys have, have turned it around. So they did it all at the G on uh, Sunday, and, and they've walked away there. Yeah, Cats, are, I've got to give them a fail. They're just not where we expect them to be. I know it's early, and when Paddy and Big uh, Jezza on the Big Bucks uh, join them on field, they're going to turn into a completely different unit, but you still rate them highly. They're still the Cats, so to go to the G and just just not really... I mean, I think the commentary pointed it out. 
Maxi kicks that goal from inside the centre square and half the side gets around him and, and pats him on the back and it's like, here we go. Isaac Smith t- kicks two great goals and he can barely find a high five. So they're just flat at, the, at Geelong and, and it showed. So they're a fail for me. So you're starting to rate Geelong now and they're not performing up to your expectations. Is that it? Uh, <laughs> No, look, I, I, I always rated them, but I, I had my concerns, and I, I guess they're playing out at this early point. So uh, they've got the names, and they've got the, the, the talent uh, on and off field. So, um, yeah, I mean, you never never think they're not going to make the finals when you were coming into this year. I, I still had them in my eight, but uh, just weren't sure they were at that premiership level. So that's still to be seen. Yeah, well, it is, but I think uh, Cameron and Hawkins... Sorry, Cameron and Dangerfield yeah, there. Yeah, no, they're the biggest Higgins, we'll see this year. Higgins even, get him back. <laughs> Best and fairest winner. Uh, look, Geelong's a fail because that's a game they should be winning. Uh, they're definitely not travelling well at the moment. They've got a nice little layup, nice little uh, what, what, a golf term, a little chip, little putt in from three feet, Tom. That's what, that's what this Sunday feels like for them. Uh, so they've got to start just banking the wins. Uh, Melbourne, I would give a distinction. They played really well, took care of business against what we think is going to be one of the teams uh, in the premiership conversation come the, the deep part of September. So definitely a distinction. Uh, Melbourne need to be, like, this might be harsh, but if they had a kick straight, they could have really buried the Cats and they didn't do it. So until they learn how to really take care of business, uh, that's the best they'll get from me. <laughs> no, that's fair and well said. I'm hoping uh, Simon is listening right now. Uh, Frio and Hawthorne, uh, to finish off the round, I guess it was. Uh, it's one of those uh, interesting ones, I guess, that Frio, I mean, we didn't really learn a whole lot about them. We might have early on when they jumped out of the blocks and it was, I think it was five goals to zip and they just looked like this could be 100 points. That's the kind of stuff we want to see from them. The game sort of petered out and the Hawks at different stages look like they might have gotten close, but just lacking that class at the moment, uh, the Hawks and and the game just sort of faded out into uh, us getting the line, actually, for the betters at home. I'm pretty sure we got that one. Um <laughs> which we'll take. That's the headline from this game. But no, like I mentioned before, if you're talking Ruckman, big Sean Darcy, great great to see him uh, performing. I mean, they love having Fife back. Matty Tabiner loves being back at uh, Optus. So they, they did what they needed to do. So they're a pass for me. And look, I'm going to pass the Hawks, but I can't keep passing them when they lose. It, it There's got to be a stage where these gallant losses and these, you know, snappy up and about games where they just don't get the W I've got to stop so they, they get a pass this week but they're on notice that handing this in it, it, I'm not going to accept it from uh, from now on so passes both round uh, pa- sorry passes all round yeah I like I really want to give my boys the Dockers a distinction um, <laughs> but based on what I just said about Melbourne and the fact Frio if they had a kick straight they would have buried the Hawks uh, I have to leave them at a pass but Hawthorne are a big fail. Like, that game was done at quarter time and could have been well and truly done. Like, five goals, six to zero goals, two. Six, 11 to five, four at half time. So they sort of got themselves back into it. But, like, in the second quarter, it was five goals, two to one goal, five. And if it was five goals, one, 
it, it just would have been over. So uh, it's a fail for me for the Hawks. And they, uh, look, their season could start going pear-shaped very, very, very quickly. Absolutely. Uh, good good ratings there. And as always, we'll get them out on our socials so you can have a look. I think that last Love game the set was the, uh, the only one that you might have gone lower than me. I might have been in a, a better mood this week. Please, yeah, as you say, it's give us your feedback. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we love the feedback on them. Uh, into our questions for the week, Seb. So you've got one here off the top that you want to get into regarding the Bombers. Uh, we're talking rapid fire? Yes, rapid fire. Sorry oh, to uh, give I that. didn't know this was a rapid fire. I wanted to go in well, depth. Oh, no, then, no. We'll, but that's fine. We can do, go pretty rapid here. We, we Look, we don't need to dwell on it too much, but... Are the Bombers a better side without Joey Danaher and Adam Saad? Yeah, great great question, that one. Uh, I mean, given the future that it's exposed from, from a kid's point of view, you'd have to say overall the club is better without them. Yeah, uh, 100%. It, 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 they're more functional. You, look, Hines come in. Now, they traded... The Saints traded Hind across, didn't they? Pick 56. It was a, a bag of crisp sort of deal. Oh, and who did you get with that pick? Uh, I don't know if we even used it. You didn't use it. So, effectively, you've just said, oh, here, you can have Not him. We don't want chips. him. Yeah. Um, we'll take a pick because I think we have to. We can't just give him away. Uh, so, that's that's a tick for the Bombers. Uh, and, look, their forward line looks more functional. I mean, it's hard. We haven't really seen Danaher play for the best part of two years and... He's up there in Brisbane. Not the, not the best time to get to Brisbane. Uh, but Jake Stringer's fit. He's lost a little bit of weight, um, according to him. And so that's really helped him start functioning. Uh, just, just It's that little 5% extra that most of the time you can't sort of tell, it, you know, tell the difference just using the eye. But he's just that little bit quicker, be able to bounce up, second efforts, third efforts. Uh, so he could... Look, he's got all the physical tools if he can just keep fit and keep healthy and keep working um he can be a much better a much better player a much more consistent player i think is the key for them but um i just thought it was interesting because no. geez a massive deal was made about it um you know should it probably should in hindsight now and it's easier to say they should have taken the tried to get the two first for Danaher or take the one first from Sydney and move him last year. Um, and they made a big deal about Saad and looks like they've really sucked the blues in there, to be honest. Saad is good, but not... They've paid overs for him, Carlton, from what I can see. Yeah, look, I, I love this one too because it, it, it doesn't always come off. So, you know, you look at your list management and if you lose two good quality players, you know, you think your list is going to suffer. But, I mean... Most of the time, that's the case. But occasionally, you do see teams who lose players and it actually works out better for them. I know in 2018, you know, Gaff, Shepard, Nick Nat drop out of that team. They still go on to win the flag. They found something else. Shuey went to another level. Even back in the Geelong days, they lost Gaza, but it meant their mids got more airtime and, and found more of the ball. They actually developed into a better cohesive unit in 2011. So, I mean, they don't, they're rare, but uh, it, it, it's just great to see and... and yeah, look, maybe for teams looking to take that next step or looking to mix it up and change things throughout the year might be how you go. It sounds bizarre, but it, it uh, it's yeah counterintuitive, but it can come off. So no, I'm with you there, Seb. A good good uh, find that one. Yeah, just it was just an interesting observation. We we get so caught up in the hype that is trade week 
you often some players' value is never higher than right then at that point when you're trying to acquire them, and they're massively inflated. Um, obviously, we know old Dodo Dodoro is uh, is number one at inflating his players' value, but I guess he's protecting the bottom line of the of the bombers. And uh, yeah, look, I think for where they're at, moving those two players on now looks like an absolute no-brainer. Absolutely. Well, speaking of the Bombers, I've got one for you, Seb. So, loving the form of... Rapid uh, fire. Yeah, rapid fire. Loving the form of Nick Cox. He's been described as a football unicorn. So, he's a 200-centimetre key position size wingman that can kick goals on both feet, which we saw on the week. I'm just wondering, do you agree with this statement? Is he as good as promised football unicorn? Yeah. Unicorn is an interesting one. He's got that wiry body frame, like a Dustin Fletcher, is who he reminds me of running, um, given, obviously, both having the Bombers jersey and Michael Tuck's, obviously, the the one before that, almost from a bygone era now. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and call him a unicorn when he's played three or four games. I think we're just going to start. I guess he plays for one of the big clubs, the, the so-called big clubs, so we're going to start piling on all the expectations and, and everything else. But when he kicked that goal on his non-preferred, picked it up just outside 50, burst through, kicked that goal. It, look, that sort of stuff, that's the most exciting stuff you can see from your young kids. So he's got the potential to be it, given his size and ability. But uh, I'm just trying to think. Oh, it's hard to find players who are that size who can move like that comparably. Um, well, yeah, I think the example I, I can I just only one I can think of is maybe the Richo comparison, but you're talking two completely different body types apart from I mean, Richo had some size on him, but just height-wise, but it's extremely rare. Well, I'm going to throw an interesting one out. He doesn't play the same position, but Darcy Moore's got the height and speed. Yeah, um, no, that's but true. But obviously take his bigger body and takes on more defensive assignments. If I were the Bombers, I wouldn't want to necessarily... I'd be seeing more potential as him being a lead-up forward or yeah. the half-back rather than the winger where, uh, I don't know, sometimes they can get you can end up in no-man's land. And well, I mean, yeah, you, you're sort of on that wing for your tank. But, I mean, if you can clunk a mark at 200 centimetres, and with his reach, I mean, if you've got him leading up at centre-half forward, you'd rather that than him going up and down a wing. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, all right. Now... I haven't taken aim at this bloke much this year, but the the match review officer, old Christian, uh, you saw Ben Cunnington was given a week for bumping Rory Laird late. Now, there was no impactful contact to the head. They may have touched his head, but I... Look, I had the goggles on. I didn't think it was even downfield. Like, <laughs> that might be goggles. I'll give you the... You can call the, it yeah. goggles, but the, the way I look at it, and take the take the jumpers out of it. If you're running hard and you want to put some pressure on and he's about to kick it, if you dive to smother it and he steps around you, you look like a fool. So you can't just always do that. So you've got to keep running and right at the last second he kicks it, so you turn and you bump him. Like if you keep if you run flat chested you might hurt yourself. Um it got him good. And the umpire's paid downfield, which I think is the right penalty for it. I don't even think a sanctioned should have been given, but Chriso's come out and given him a week 
because he said he hit him in the head. Blind Freddy could see he didn't hit him in the head. So my actual question is... Yeah, you have a question here. This is real rapid fire, isn't it? My actual question is, everyone thought he was going to get off that, and we challenged and got him off pretty quick. And actually, one of the defences we used was Laird played out the game and was awarded nine coaches' votes. Like, how can that happen if he was impacted by a bump? Um, Good argument. How can we get it more consistent? They had a panel of three, and apparently that was no good. So we brought it down to one, and this one's a peanut who can't make the same decision week in, week out. So well, how many what sit do we on do? this appeals board? What's that? How many are on the appeals board? I, I've got no idea. How do? Well, no, I I'm just it thinking was... it's multiple people. So basically, we've gone from having multiple people making a shared decision down to one. But now, if it doesn't, they're not happy with the one, then they're going back to multiple people. We've added, we've just reversed the whole process. So I don't know why the AFL. What I think the AFL should just scrap it and go. We're going to hand out the penalties. If you think it's too hard, you'll have to deal with us. Like they've got this independent body who they regularly talk to and tell him how to adjudicate things. Well, yeah, independence like, is a stretch, isn't it? Well, they call. Well, what's the point of it? Yeah, no, <laughs> no. I'm with you. Look, when I saw that one, you know, Cunnington got a week. I was like, geez, that's the last thing he needs. He, they need you out uh, there, Ben. Ten. Uh, yeah. It, it. I mean, Rory Laird. He was in the gun that whole game. Well, there was another incident. I think he might have caught. He uh, he gave away two free kicks for hitting Kane Turner. Yeah, there you go. So there was just a bit of animosity. It wasn't even a malicious thing. It was just yeah, like you said, just an in contest clash. Um, and he played out the game. So if we're I'm sanctioning that players, week. if we're sanctioning players for hip and shouldering in the shoulder, for bumping in the shoulder with no nothing, no ill effects, then you've got to say the bump's dead, don't you? Well, yeah. I mean, we we covered that a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? We it's said dead. it was dead. Yeah. 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 But it's not the narrative yet. People aren't admitting it's dead. They still think there's room for it in the game. It's dead. Don't bump. Do not bump. That was a quick one. What yeah, I was going to say, what was the question? I can't even remember. He's off, so he's playing this week for Roos fans out there. That's what we want to see. Uh, one for you, and I don't know if this, you'll find this harsh or not, interested in your answer. Did the Giants go with the wrong captain? Should Toby Green, instead of Caniglio, no. have been the captain from, I think, yeah, start of last year onwards? Not, not Toby Green. You can't have your captain getting rubbed out for all those stupid little things Green somehow manages to do. It'll take two weeks and he'll get done for whacking someone or or giving someone a cheap shot. You can't have that from your captain, so no. Um, I don't think Green should have been the captain over Cornelio. There are question marks over whether Cornelio should be the captain, but um, they're not just not travelling well and they're losing all this great talent out of their side. Like, um, yeah, I... I wouldn't. I don't think Cornelio is a wrong man. I don't know how many right men there are who'd suddenly be able to lead them a hell of a lot better. Um, yeah, that's Toby true. Green's just a really, really good footballer, and um, he'll he'll have games where he goes missing as well. So, yeah, look, I'm with you there. I mean, um, I've actually just uh, got my hands on the making the mark doco, so we'll be interested to see, uh, yeah, Cogs how he goes in that one. Um, you know, Toby Green has that old school "come with me, boys." Uh, you know, the big forward kicking... Well, not big forward, just the forward kicking goals about him. Yeah, whether his discipline's an issue, whether he's cleaned that up with a bit of leadership, we, we'll wait and see. I mean, he's going to get a crack at this captaincy gig for most of the year. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. It does expose the underbelly if you've lost uh, Caniglio and then Green's whacking bloke. So yeah, look, I think stick with it for now, but uh, one to watch for the Giants. Um, yeah, particularly 
given that they just want to build that uh, camaraderie in the group with all those walkouts. So if, if either of them can keep players there, that's what they need. Yeah, yeah. Look, we'll we'll just see how Toby goes in a loss or a real dirty day. Um, he's just got the tendency to just give someone a little clip, which I like, but not necessarily the captain. <laughs> uh, now, oh, I, I guess we're, we're retreading slightly. We've spoken about him tonight, but uh, big Joey Danaher comes up against his old side this weekend. Uh, is he going to need some protection from his new teammates against his former teammates? Do you reckon they're going to give him a little, little lip and a little bit of a rough up on the way through? Yeah, well, maybe... Oh, look, an Essendon team of say, your 2000 vintage with a Solomon Wallace Hardwick down back. Don't know if there's that kind of uh, bloke down there. Maybe Devin Smith might say a few things, but uh, look, I, I don't know. I mean, we, we sort of saw Hawthorne go nowhere near Isaac a couple of weeks ago. I, I don't know if that this uh, revenge game is what it's always hyped to be. I, well, yeah. Uh, I think every player is different. I'd be going out of my way to give Joey Danaher a little clip if I was... I, want, I hope footballer. it happens. I would love to see that because the, this is the kind of statement the Bombers should be making as, as a young group. We, you, you know, you left us, we're better off, or we think we're better off. You left the circle, you know, you, you're not coming yep. back. It, it's a, it's an opportunity for a statement. So I'll, I'll If I'm that. the coach, I'm telling them to go out of their way to hit him and bump him. <laughs> and if you give away a free kick early, don't worry about it. Just get in his head. Because he's the type who, once you get in his head, he loves to wrestle and do all that, and he'll get distracted and won't play well. True. So, well, I mean, who who plays on him? Because Ridley and Francis have both shown that they don't like playing on an opponent. So, I mean, does, does Zerk Thatcher get the job? He's uh, hardly well, a hitman. You've got... Yeah, but it, it doesn't have to be his opponent hitting him. It doesn't have to be a Hardigan style where he just accidentally... <laughs> like, did, genuine did he... third... St- he got nothing for that. Like, it's a farce. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, uh, you're thinking more like mids just on their way through right. sort of stuff. Yep, yep, before the first bounce. Just run up and give him one. He's going to... everyone In the modern game, everyone runs near everybody at some stage. So just give him a little clip, a little whack. Get him distracted off his game so he's not kicking goals. He's busy wrestling or doing something else. That's what I'd be doing anyway. <laughs> look, look, I hope that happens because, I mean... It's I an old it's, school mentality. It is an old school mentality and, you know, it's not really the look the AFL's after, but... We do hype up these revenge games and you just want to have a couple of highlight real moments that you can really look back on and say, oh, did you say, you know, they're, they're the old school, I know not everyone's back in the office, the old water cooler talk, maybe the Zoom chat talk uh, these days. Um, yeah, we like seeing that. Um, Jack, Jack Higgins against his old side. Well, yeah, we'll see Dan Butler tomorrow night. Yeah, uh, I, I think he got uh, just nudged out there. So, But look, if Richmond go in and there's a few highlights, I'll take it. Hopefully <laughs> we get the points. Um, just the last one to wrap up here. Are you at all... Put your Collingwood fan hat on. Are you at all worried that Saturday night they've chosen the Blues Suns over your home game at the G for the Channel 7 coverage? Does that worry you that you're that off-Broadway... They don't want to show you on primetime TV. Was it a choice? Well, they, they don't get to choose, but I mean... Well, they don't get to choose as a club, but I mean, the broadcasters pick the better game, so they are well, saying no, this no, is no, the better no, game. No, they don't, Tom. They don't. So, this particular weekend, both games are at the same time. Most weekends, the game that is 
because because that game's considered the the second Saturday night. Most of the time they're at eight ten, so West Coast Port was eight ten. Uh, yeah, well, Gold Coast North in, yeah. was eight ten. Like normally, it's it's slightly later. So I don't know if Channel Seven necessarily picked it or. Um, Which is not. hard to believe. I mean, to me, it feels like at a stretch that you know Channel Seven had a look at the fixture and and they were like, "Look, we haven't given the Suns much love. Let's let's sneak in a game for them while we can, just to sort of help with the uh, you know the the brand building." But I mean, at the start of the year, Giants versus the Pies was a lot more appetising than than Blue Suns. So, um, yeah, I, I I was shocked to see it when I, I had a look at the t- not the TV guide, just the uh, AFL guide. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, look, I sat down and I couldn't choose which game to watch, and neither excited me. So, uh, look, as a Collingwood fan, I will be concerned that we're still in what is now considered a the game's now got a better balance between attack and defence. Uh, I'd be concerned we're still only kicking sixty points um, at home at the MCG. Uh, yeah, look. There's alarm bells going off, and I think I love doing this, but I think Buckley's position is slowly becoming uh, more under scrutiny week week by week. They play West Coast at home on Friday night, so they lose that. They're one and four, and they got the Bombers on Anzac Day. Which, lose that, you're one and six. They're yeah. coming knocking. They are coming knocking. But absolutely. I mean, yeah, say they lose this week and that they go on Anzac Day. I mean, it's a classic game, backs against the wall, and we'll actually see what they're made of. But it could be a coach killer on the other side. So, look, they've got they've got plenty of issues to work through. We're going to see it in this upcoming round. Let's get into it, mate. Uh, we might not have done rapid fire on the rapid fire questions, but maybe we go rapid fire on the uh, round five tipping. What do you reckon? Yep, yep. Let's, let's burn through it. Uh, Richmond. Uh, I'm going to go with the Saints in this one. Whoa! Yep, I've got a the Saints got a of, to win. Got a feeling. Got a bit of a handy lead on you, I think, at the moment, so I can uh, get get uh, aggressive. Get no, I like our form. We beat them last year. Um, we're going rapid fire. Eagles win on Friday. Yep, Eagles for me. That's an easy question, Tom. Into the Dogs to win on Saturday early. Yeah, the Dogs. I, didn't even have to look at who they were playing. The dogs may well be undefeated come round 10. Jeez, round 10, there you go. Uh, ooh, might have to look at this one a little later when we, we talk bets and, and oh, whatnot. Battle but, of the uh, Bridge. Battle of the Bridge. Jeez, that <laughs> really, that needs a better name. That really does need a better name. Uh, I'll give the Swans the edge in that one. Yeah, I'd have to tip the Swans too. Tempted, but can't trust Carlton, Port Adelaide. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Carlton have a lot to prove. They have a chance to do it. They knocked yeah. them off last year, but you'd have to tip Port. Uh, yeah, or did Robbie Gray kick the goal after the I siren to beat them? Went the other way. Yeah, yeah, because then yeah. the week after, they Jackie Nunes kicked yeah, that one. No, I, yeah, I was, Nowhere. I was like, they were involved um, <laughs> in two well, of those games. They were in front when the siren went, I guess you could say. Yeah, correct. Uh, which most of the time gets you the points. Uh, I'd... Have to I'll have to tip Brisbane up there, but um, this is an interesting one, Brisbane Essendon. I'll have to tip Brisbane, but yeah, I mean that's where we're at with the Lions, aren't we? That we don't trust them at home against the Bombers. I'm going to give them a, a chance, but it's not with a huge amount of confidence. 
the early game on Sunday. That, ooh, this is a real. Is the real Frio going to show itself? The interstate Frio is the question. Yeah, that's a big question. If this was in Frio, you tip Frio. It's in Adelaide. I'm tipping Adelaide. Yeah, I'm with you. I've got to go Crows too. I mean, in the past, the D's Hawks game, you have your worries about this kind of game, but I'm I'm going to put a little trust in Melbourne. Tip them. Yep, yep. I'm tipping Hawthorne to win that. Uh, and the final game of the round. Now, we've seen some absolute miracles in world sport in the history of <laughs> mankind, but if the Roos could beat the Cats down there with the current state of their list, with Geelong seeing Paddy Dangerfield return, it'll be the greatest upset in the history of world sport. In saying that, I'm going to tip the Cats. Yeah, I'll tip but the Cats. But I would cats. love to see that upset. Oh, the footy world will go mad if North Melbourne win that game. Uh, but you, you, no, you yeah. might run home back down the highway in celebration with about two dozen other Roos fans. I bet after that one, I really look. I, I hope for your sake that happens. I know the line ain't pretty in that one. At twelve fifty is a bit of a slap in the face. I think you're at eight fifty, but um, <laughs> you're gonna. Oh, you're gonna invest in the value, are you, Tom? Might might consider that one for later, but no, nah, cats fit in that one. Yeah, I'm I'm tipping the cats, although we'll be supporting very hard for my beloved ruse. The line's only fifty five and a half. We'll get that. <laughs> Ten goal. Yeah, well I mean the cats I mean occasionally they like to put the uh, the foot down and I will it be Sunday, I hope not for your sake. Who do you like as as an underdog or should I go first given I've got the uh, the new ball. I think people enjoyed that term last week. Yeah, um, you've got the, the new ball. New Sharon. Uh Look, I tipped the Saints in the tipping, so I'm happy to stick with that. I'm actually thinking the Giants. I know my, I know people will be screaming bombers at me because that is value, and I'm tipping you might go that yourself. But I think the Giants might be a little sneaky one on the Swans. They just snuck by Sydney and had 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 a little lull, and and the Giants just in a little bit of form. So I reckon at two seventy five, they're a juicy underdog in that one. Uh, I'm going to go with the Giants. So. Let me get straight. You didn't tip. You tip the Saints, who are clear underdogs, but you don't want to have a bar of backing them in the underdog comp. You'd rather go the Giants. Just, to, just to keep it interesting, there. I just, I just need to check this. The odds are more or less the same for the team you think will win versus the team you don't think will win, but you're going to take in the underdog comp. That's fine. I'm happy. I'm happy with this comp. Uh, I'm like. You said it was the biggest miracle, but if I threw North Melbourne in and we got up, I'm home. But the you probably can't done. catch it me. It might end the comp for the year if that happens. I won't catch you. No. Um, I'll have to... I'm tempted with Essendon, but I'm going to go with Hawthorne. Melbourne are just a team that love to stumble, <laughs> and I think they'll stumble this week. Yeah, Clarko can brew a uh, one-week game plan to un- unglue a team, I guess. So, a 373 I've got, that's uh, that's value. For the Hawks, 373 you're giving me? Yeah, I, I, look, I'll round it to a 375 even though that's probably not anywhere. No, we'll stick with the 373 uh, For That's with Sportsbet. Um, don't mind that one. Now, I'm looking now... I've <laughs> After all that... that that chat. I've nailed my three bets for the week down, so they're all line bets. I'm with you, Seb. I'm I'm loving the line bet. Um, 
plenty of options to consider, but the ones that have jumped out for me. So you can get Essendon plus twenty four and a half up there Ooh. at the Gabba. So got to got to invest in that. I think you know the Lions haven't shown the form that we've we were thinking we would get. They might turn it around, but I think a little four goal head start for a Bombers team with its tail up is pretty juicy. Um, yeah. Tip Port Adelaide, don't trust Carlton yet. The line in that one for Port Adelaide's minus five and a half. So you'd think the, the power could cover that one. If they're going to win, they're going to win by more than one goal. So I'm happy to take the power there. And tomorrow night, I'm, I'm loving my Saints, boys. Uh, maybe I've uh, put the Saints hat on and, and put the glasses on too. But Saints plus 12 and a half, I think we clear that one. And that, that could be a nice little one to get the weekend started. Yeah, look. You're, you're not without your chance of winning, Tom. I will say that. I do rate. You seem to play Richmond pretty well. Uh, so, I thought I thought it was a tough week. Um, love Port Adelaide minus five and a half. I don't see them. Till you can trust Carlton, I think th- that line needed to be about eight, 18 and a half before I started thinking uh, either side of it. Uh, so, happy to take the minus five and a half. Uh Hawthorne plus twenty five and a half. Yeah. I think Hawthorne will win. I think that's four okay, four and a bit one. goals. I like that. And North plus fifty five and a half is far too many goals to be giving up. That's nine goals. Yeah, it's like, a large line. Yeah, when they when the lines get out that far, it's it's. I know there's all the algorithms and whatever they do and study or whatever to put it on a figure, but that's large. So I'm with you. Yeah, like that. Look, we could lose by eighty. That can happen. I get it, but I'm 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 just backing us in to get within nine goals. Yeah. It, look, if it, Geelong play that slow game again, maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Um, they may not be able to kick enough goals to to win by that much. Mind you, last time we went down there, we kicked one goal for the day. So. <laughs> yeah. Who look, knows? I've got. A, I'm not going to lie with you there, Seb. I've gone a few long journeys down the highway and and not seen a whole lot of goals. But yeah. I, Look, I didn't put it, but uh, I might might have a little uh, wager at that one. I, I don't mind that. G- yeah, given the state of footy, I mean, that game to me on paper just says Geelong win by somewhere between 35 and 50. So you should should feel confident in that one. I am. I am, Tom. Don't worry. Beautiful. Well, we're straight into it. Football Thursday night. Saints v. Richmond. Maddie's match. Kicks off round five. I can't wait, Seb. As we say, we learn more about the teams each week. Plenty more to discuss next week as we learn more about season 2021. That's it. We've learned a lot. We're starting to get some real... Teams are starting to break away. You don't want to be falling one and four uh, anytime soon. That, that'll that just about kill your year. Uh, please, please give us some feedback. Instagram, direct message wherever you can find us at 12 rows back we love hearing from the fans especially on the university grades uh getting some feedback from some people who i'm not sure even went to university so not sure how their impact is that useful uh and tom this will be a cliffhanger but instagram live on thursday what's going to happen we don't know we'll be somewhere